the Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, sexuality, trauma, metaphysics, and healing. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and grad student studying forensic psychology with a study on sexual health. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help better your life and the people around you. Thanks for listening. You all know how much I adore, absolutely adore meditation. And I always encourage all of you to engage in self-care like yoga or meditation rituals. As a certified yoga instructor and meditation teacher, I am so excited to announce my collaboration with Bloom, the meditation app. Meditation is crucial in our self-healing journey to promote relaxation and better our sex relationships, and everything in our everyday lives. So if you are struggling with mental health, anxiety, or stress, a daily meditation, even just five minutes for beginners, helps to stay calm and grounded throughout the entire day. People over at Bloom app have given me a seven-day free trial for my listeners. Enter the code BLOOMERS when you download the app. That's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-S. I will link that in the show notes today. everyone. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode because it came to me out of nowhere. Um, And because especially this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, although I think every single month we should be aware of our mental health. You all know I love talking about mental and sexual health the most. So I started researching and thinking about the enormous connection and relationship between sexual and mental health, and I thought I would do an episode on the connection between sex and mental health because our society, at least in America, prioritizes physical health kind of over everything else, and we tend to look past our mental health, our emotional health, our financial, and our sexual well-being And physical health is really the only thing that is openly discussed. And it's kind of a shame because there's so many different tiers of health, right? When we think of wellness and well-being, we think of physical health, but it's so much more than that. Our health of our relationships, extremely important. Our emotional and our spiritual well-being, our sexual well-being, they all contribute to our physical health, and they're all correlated in some way, shape, or form. So I thought I would just touch on this, um, sex and mental health, why it's important, and how intimacy is closely, closely related to our well-being. And since it's Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought I could kind of combine my two favorite topics to talk about today. So that's what we will be talking about today. Before we get started, a few housekeeping things. So today is Monday, so happy Monday. I'll probably release this later in the week, but I am going away for a couple days. So I don't know if I'll be recording or putting anything out um, towards Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to Tennessee, and I'm so excited because... I think in a past life, I was a Southern girl. I've always loved everything about the South. I've always loved the country and country music and Southern accents used to be like 
my thing. <laughs> so I'm really excited to go there with my girlfriend and maybe we'll do an episode together. You all know Ashleen, my BFF for L. And yeah, I'm really excited. So I just wanted to let you all know, and thank you so much. We've reached over 6,000 listeners this month. The podcast is growing and expanding, and I'm excited to bring some new changes towards the middle of the summer. Also, I am graduating soon, so I'm really excited about that. A lot of things are starting to look up for me. So I just wanted to say before we get started that I appreciate you listening so much, but I am not a guru. I am by no means enlightened. I am by no means someone that knows it all. I have a lot of life experience, and because of that experience, I am an old soul, which brings me a lot of knowledge, and I hope I can share that wisdom and impart my advice and lessons learned through some pretty traumatic events to you so that you don't have to go through it, or you can go through it to a lesser extent and know that you are not alone. But with that being said, we so often seek out the answers from other people and we always look outside of us externally for validation or gratification when really we forget everything we need. All of the answers that we seek are already within side of us. You already have the answers you are looking for. So hopefully I could be a guide or a friend to you, but just know you know yourself best, you know what's best for you. So I hope you trust yourself and you lean into that intuition. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode. So sex and mental health, my two favorite things to talk about. I think there is so much more understanding and research that needs to be done on the link between sexuality and mental health. Um, this, These two topics, these areas of concentration need to continue to be developed, um, but we all know that sex, a good sex life, can really support good mental health. And on the opposite, a traumatic or negative sex life can really hinder and hamper our mental health. Um, sex boosts serotonin, right? We all know this. It Serotonin is a neurotransmitter, which helps to improve our mood and fight off depression. And additionally, one of the hormones released during orgasm is serotonin. That's why uh, if you hear me talk about masturbation so much, I encourage my ladies to masturbate every single day. Obviously for men, it could be great too, but I think that 95% of men are ejaculating and orgasming during sex, whereas it's like 20% of women. Um, So I think it's really important for women to take care of themselves so that they feel good and get those health benefits. Sex can really benefit our mental health with a partner um, that we love. If we're just going around and I mean, if you want to have one night stands and hookups, that is your prerogative. You do you, but I think it could really do a lot more harm than good on our psychological health, but on the opposite hand, good sex, loving sex with a trusted partner, with someone you feel close and connected with, or even yourself, solo sex, um, 
can really help not just your mental health, but your physical health. And we all know that sexual trauma or addictions when it comes to sex, like porn, porn addiction can be detrimental to our relationships and our personal lives and our health because porn to the brain is like sugar to the body. I will repeat that again. Porn to the brain is like sugar to the body. Super addictive, might feel good in the moment, but over time does a lot more harm than good. And the mental and sexual components of our health, right? There's mental health, there's spiritual and sexual and physical health are all interconnected. Physical sex plus emotional sex equals spiritual sex. And spiritual sex is the most beneficial. It is the combination of the open heart. It is the mental combined with the energetic. Physical sex can be spiritual sex, but not all physical sex is spiritual. Mindful sex, present sex, really can develop and evolve our mental health, especially if we have had traumatic situations in our sexual lives, this impacts our mental health. If we are survivors of sexual violence, we typically will suffer and struggle with an array or host of mental health problems. Myself, depression, self-harm, PTSD, anxiety. Um, And there is a funny, it's not funny, but I heard someone say that bipolar girls are the best in bed. And I think this is a myth, especially as someone that has slept with girls that have bipolar disorder and I'm someone that has bipolar disorder. I want to just cut that myth right here because it's sort of like that crazy girl um, thing that people have going on. Like, oh, I love a crazy girl in bed. Um, But no, I just wanted to ax that myth right here. But on the other hand, depression, the depression that can come from bipolar disorder or even the mania that could come from bipolar disorder can alter our sex drive, right? Um, We know that depression and a lot of medications like SSRIs like Prozac can also affect our sex drive. And I think that there's a lot of shame when it comes to both sexual and mental health. Um, Americans particularly have a long storied history of being closed-lipped and cringe-faced about sex and mental health individually. And then when we talk about them together, it's kind of like a one-two stigma punch, but it's so important to demystify and destigmatize and normalize the greater degree of comfort in talking about sexual health and add a new narrative to the conversation. And it's a good thing because The link between the two runs deep. We know the amazing things sex can do for our mood and our mind, from the release of endorphins and oxytocin to the emotional intimacy that you feel with yourself or your partner. The sex and the body positivity movement uh, leads for greater acceptance also in gender diverse identities, LGBTQ community, and a booming sexual wellness industry, right? So this is so important to get educated and knowledgeable about our sexual reproductive and our mental health. And there's a greater degree of comfort in talking about sexual health, which is why I have these podcast episodes, because these conversations need to be normalized and they are so important to improve our overall mental health.
And when we talk about sex and mental health, one of the main concentrations, at least for me, is the roadblocks, especially as a majority of Americans are struggling with knowingly or unknowingly a mental health disorder or know someone that has a mental health diagnosis like anxiety or OCD, bipolar depression. It could impact negatively often um, our lives in our bedrooms. And there is evidence being passed around that my age bracket of people, millennials, are having far less sexual activity now than in earlier generations, which is super interesting. And I just wanted to shed light on that because I feel like as someone that's 26 years old, everything is about sex. Growing up, everything was about sex. Music videos, uh, MTV, Fuse, like... Oh, those are the good old days. But everything is so sexualized. Every woman I see on Instagram is sexualized. Yet, as millennials or people in their teens and 20s, we are having far less sex than any other age group because I think we're so disconnected, right? We're all so connected online at our fingertips that we don't know how to have physical, actual, in real life connection. And this could be also due to the rising rates of anxiety and depression, um, along with our screens competing for our attention. So what's clear is that sexual sexual health and mental illness can affect and perpetuate each other. So sex and anxiety, I know so many of my friends are struggling with anxiety. It seems like everyone has anxiety. Um, So if you've ever heard of arousal non-concordance, it's when the mind and the body are out of sync during sex. The body is aroused and the mind isn't or vice versa. And this happens a lot for men and women with anxiety. This could happen. It's one of the most biggest contributing factors of erectile dysfunction in males. And as someone that is a woman, We can also struggle with sexual dysfunction. For me personally, I know this is huge in my sex life. I have trouble getting aroused. I have trouble experiencing an orgasm or I have physical pain during intercourse. And a lot of it for me is mental. Um, From a physiological standpoint, anxiety can override sensations of pleasure in anxious women. And research shows that the most common type of sexual pain um, is 10 times more common in women with previous diagnoses of anxiety disorder. So for me, uh, just to let you in on my sex life, so I see a sex therapist because I have a history of sexual violence and trauma. So sex for me is something that I could be using it for better or for worse. I'm trying to heal that relationship I have with sex so that it doesn't like drip over and hurt and interfere with my relationship with my partner. But for me, I was telling my sex therapist, like I maybe orgasm once a month. And for me, this really didn't seem fair. So I was getting a lot of resentment towards my boyfriend simply because he's a man and I have trouble trusting men. And she said, well, why don't you masturbate and get off before you have um, intercourse with him. Like show him what you like, mutually masturbate. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I tried and I kid you not, my friends, like I masturbate every single night before bed. If it's not every single night, it's at least five, six days a week to help me relax and get to sleep. And I could get this done in a matter of like two to five minutes. 
So I was doing it with my boyfriend, like using my womanizer, which if you haven't checked out the womanizer, you gotta get in on it. It'll change your life. But it was like 10 minutes and I just could not get off. I could not get turned on. I could not have an orgasm. And I realized that this is all mental for me because it's just the anxiety of having him there. So sex and anxiety are super connected. Another one that is extremely connected to sex is depression. Um, Major depressive disorder can cause a host of sexual issues like impotence. I I don't know how to pronounce it. Impotence and erectile dysfunction in men and sexual pain or loss of desire in women. And a diagnosis of depression increases a woman's risk for the most common form of pain during sex by three times. So depression puts a damper on your desire to have sex, whether you are or you're not in a relationship. Depression can impact even your dating life, making you feel less interested in putting yourselves out there, decreasing your chance of forming social connections, and obviously um, decreasing your opportunities for love and intimacy, perhaps perpetuating your depression. And depression can cause women particularly to feel insecure about their bodies, feel less desirable, doubtful about your sexual confidence, and just insecure in participating in sexual activities with your partner. Also, SSRIs can take a serious hit on your libido because they increase serotonin in the brain, which tempers depression and anxiety, but it can also zap your sex drive or inhibit your ability to feel sexual pleasure and orgasmia. So I would talk to your provider about the medication side effects Obviously, get into therapy, find a cocktail of medication that finds right for you or have your medication adjusted, and just regular keeping up with healthy habit lifestyles can help to alleviate symptoms of depression. Uh, For me, I tend to get my depression more so in the dark when there's colder, darker months like the winter, so I started taking vitamin D, getting outside and just having fresh air and in the sun has also helped me to lessen my symptoms of depression personally. Um, But you always have to check in with yourself and give yourself permission to voice what you need sexually. And this is whether you have depression or you don't. Another huge one, and I've experienced all these depression, anxiety. um, So know that I'm not just talking about this from like, oh, this is what I've read in school or whatever. Like I have experienced all these. And one of the biggest ones for me has been post-traumatic stress disorder. We know that people with more traumatic experiences have less satisfying sex in adulthood. And sometimes these are coupled with long-lasting psychological consequences. They call this the post-sex blues or post-coital dysphoria. And this tends to show up in people living with PTSD. Um, There's a correlation between sexual health issues in people who have a history of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Um, The general idea is that sex, even enjoyable sex with a loving partner, can be triggering because of past traumas. And sometimes studies have shown that even experiencing orgasms can feel awful psychologically. If someone's been sexually abused, they're constantly reenacting the trauma. Um, It's like returning to the metaphorical scene of the sexual crime. And PTSD can interfere with someone's sex life by causing either hypersexuality or out of control sexual behavior or the complete opposite, not having any sexual desire at all. 
So I know a majority of my listeners are female, so women are likely to experience more sexual violence and thus suffer from PTSD, not to mention domestic violence and just overall bullshit like gender discrimination, sexual harassment. And these all impact our mental health. And such events can cause people to feel inferior, isolated, anxious, and depressed, which exacerbates sexual dysfunction. So aftercare is a ritual designed to help people avoid any negative negative psychological effects of their sexual encounter. Um, I would also, a big one here is getting rid of that underlying sexual shame and doing self-care before and after sex, even during sex, you know, like have sex with crystals or engage in tantric sex or light a candle or um, put on a salt lamp, like whatever you have to do to feel safe. Feeling safe is so important. And I also want to caveat here that one of the biggest things of sexual intimacy and well-being and sexual safety is talking and conversing and having open communication, honest communication with your partner. And I think that part of feeling safe is knowing your partner's and your STI status, because I think knowing your partner's status or getting tested with your partner even, it's one of the major contributing factors of feeling safe. And that is true intimacy. So I just wanted to say that before moving forward. Another one is sex and OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder or chronic anxiety disorder. These can lead to sexual obsessions or unwanted sexual thoughts. And I have these. I definitely have like inappropriate mental images or inappropriate sexual desires um, or unwanted thoughts. And people with OCD do tend to experience a number of sexual dysfunctions like arousal issues or low sex drive. And both of these may perhaps be linked with other OCD-born thoughts like a fear of having sex or disgust when thinking about sexual activities, which is particularly common for those with obsessions related to contamination. Another one is sex and ADHD, a neurodevelopmental condition that can cause impulsive behavior, hyperactivity, or difficulty paying attention. This is so important because sex is so mental. Like the biggest sex organ is the brain. And if our brain isn't relaxed, if our brain is on overdrive and we're hypervigilant or thinking about the laundry, it could be really hard to relax and again to feel safe it all comes down to feeling safe and thereby can impede on our sex lives and cause issues for our intimate relationships now sex and bipolar disorder like an impulse control disorder can have people tend to feel out of control sexually right we can engage in sexually risky behaviors um during a manic episode One of the core symptoms of having a hypomanic episode or manic episode is having high sex drive, right? And then on the flip side, when we come down and experience depression, we might feel the opposite. We might feel fatigue, worthlessness, shame, stress, feel worried about not wanting to connect sexually with others. And for me, as someone that has bipolar disorder, I find this especially true, particularly during different days of the month. And I think part of it's related to my menstrual cycle and if I'm ovulating, um, but it has decreased the amount of sexual satisfaction in my relationship. And I'm trying to work on this so it doesn't impact Nick, but like some days 
Nick is my boyfriend, by the way. Some days I like want sex all day and my sex drive is so high. And Nick is one of those guys that can like do it once and they're good for the rest of the day. Like he typically doesn't want it after we've done it once. Um, so, but me on the other hand, some days I'm like that too, but some days I'm just like ravenous and I'm like, I want to fuck like every hour on the dot. And I get mad at him sometimes for not being horny. I'm like, why are you not turned on? Like, am I not good enough? And then I take it super personally. And other days I'm like, don't touch me. I don't want anything to do with sex. I feel so disgusted with sex. And it all comes down to my moods. (laughs) And it's important to track your moods. This could be a helpful tool to learn about yourself and what could be influencing your mood changes, whether it be hormonal or environmental. And Maybe even try tracking your sex drive as well to see your patterns, right? Um, It could be a helpful, insightful indicator of how the two arenas are related and interact. Another one is sex and eating disorders. Eating disorders can cause a person to create a false sense of self, of intimacy with themselves, anyone, even a loving partner. Um, And spouses and partners of those with eating disorders often report that they feel emotionally distant or that, you know, they come second to their loved one's disorder. And I've experienced an eating disorder, so I can relate to this. Um, The boundaries, right? And wanting to enjoy sexual pleasure throughout the recovery process. For me, I've found masturbation to be, or solo play to be the most healing, right? It's a form of self-love to experience and discover pleasure, to promote body awareness and acceptance and build an overall more positive body image because body image can really impact our sexual activities and how engaged we are in sex and how much we enjoy sex. Another one is obviously substance abuse. It can rob someone of their sexual arousal causing problems like erectile dysfunction, your sexual inhibitions are swayed, um, your brain states are so altered. You could, you know, you could have a sex addiction and a comorbid substance abuse addiction. This is definitely common. Um, So I've never experienced this, so I can't talk too much on it because I luckily... I know my history. I know my parents struggled with substance abuse, so I never went there. I never wanted to touch substances. I never wanted to experiment with drugs or alcohol. Like, yeah, I've gotten drunk. Um, I've definitely gotten high, although I do love high sex, if I do say so myself. Um, But if you are struggling with a substance abuse disorder, try to avoid any substances, even marijuana. But damn, high sex is really fucking hot. So that's my personal opinion. But yeah, all of these things. Um, The point is to not think too much about what's happening, right? Just live in the moment. Just experience what's happening. Talk to your partner openly about your sex life. Although it could be awkward at first, it could really help us to work through some of our anxieties. Um, And when it comes to intimacy, Therapists tend to suggest sensate focus to help get yourself out of your head and reconnect with your sensual and sexual feelings. This is non-demanding touch, which essentially refers to touching and being touched without any particular outcome or expectation in mind with a partner or solo for however long you want. It's not about foreplay or arousal. It's simply learning to touch and be touch, gentle, kind, loving touch with a sense of curiosity to get reacquainted with your body. 
And this is something that so many of us, especially in our 20s, don't know how to do, how to touch people without wanting this expectation or outcome of sex. Or if I do this for you, you do this for me. Um, at least that's been my experience with it. And I just wanted to say before I wrap this up that being experienced in bed has absolutely nothing to do with the amount of partners you've had or like being a good lover has nothing to do with the frequency of times you've had sex. You could have had sex with one or two people and be more sexually healthy, sex positive, have more sexual integrity and mental and physical health than someone that slept with like 50 people. Although the number doesn't really matter, but I just want to emphasize that quality has nothing to do with quantity when it comes to sex. Okay. Let's just get that out of the way because I know so many people who's been like, yeah, every girl comes with me. Like I've fucked like a thousand girls and like my dick is so good. And then like, we'll have sex. And I'm like, your dick is trash. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, I don't know who you've been sleeping with, who's been faking orgasms for you, but just don't learn your sex from porn. Learn your sex from exploring your body. And also get into therapy. I say this every single episode, but get into therapy. Like meet with a therapist to help you heal from trauma because all of us have trauma. I'd say like every other person has trauma and this could help to form empowering narratives, which would in turn reduce psychological barriers to let go of shame and improve our body image. Also, my final tip here in wrapping up is practice solo sex, like masturbation, if you haven't already. Discover what you like and what gets you aroused so that we can coach the people we have sex with later, if we so desire. Let the people we know sleep, let the people we sleep with, rather, know what type of touch we like. The more we know our body, the more likely we are to enjoy sex. Engaging in solo sensate focus which I was talking about earlier, a series of mindful exercises to promote bodily awareness, acceptance, and the ability to be present is extremely powerful. And remember, only have sex when you want to. Don't have sex out of obligation, out of guilt, like I do so many times. Check in with yourself and give yourself permission to voice what you need. And don't be with people who don't care about what you need. Because if you're with people that objectify you and use you and make you feel dirty or disgusted, your mental health and your well-being, I promise you, it will be impacted, most likely negatively. Because sex is a matter of mind. And that's why our mental health and our sexual health, not just because of medication being able to affect our sex too, but they're so intertwined. Sensuality can help our sexuality. So this is what this podcast is about, right? Getting educated, getting sex positive. One of the best things we can do for ourselves in our relationship, especially if you're struggling with mental health, um, is to get educated, get resources, seek out a sex positive counselor or psychologist or mental health social worker. Because by educating ourselves, whether you're 12 or 92, can make sex better for everyone. We can make better, more empowered, informed sexual choices. And pleasure is your birthright. Even if it doesn't feel like your body is capable of pleasure, 
we all have a right to enjoy and appreciate our sexuality. So do your best to not let mental illness steer that away from you and the people we love. Thanks for listening. Thank you.